We continue through the book of Proverbs today, and our topic today is anger. You may say, well, that's hardly relevant to the days in which we live. Right. Anger is so prevalent today, it is very discouraging, actually, to see how angry so many people seem to be. And I want to address what the Proverbs says about anger and how we as believers should handle anger and what it means for us. First, we want to look at the reasons for anger. As Josh said in the children's sermon, anger can be good. God expresses his own wrath, and, and the purpose of God's wrath ultimately is to destroy everything that is evil. Jesus demonstrated his anger he demonstrated his anger at the temple with the money changers who were keeping people from experiencing a relationship with God. He was angry when he asked the religious leaders if it was okay to heal on the Sabbath day when the man in great need of healing was standing in front of him. He was angry at the tomb of Lazarus when it said that he, his emotions overcame him. And that anger was mixed with grief. And I would propose that every time Jesus is angry in Scripture, his anger is mixed with grief. At the temple, his anger is mixed with grief that people are being held away from God. And when the religious leaders would not answer him, when he asked if it was okay to heal a man in great need on the Sabbath, his anger was mixed with the grief that these people charged with helping people to know God were actually holding back God's grace and mercy from the very people they were called to help. God's anger, even his wrath that will destroy, ultimately destroy all evil, is mixed with grief. God does not wish that any would perish, but that all would come to eternal life. God grieves the evil that is so prevalent in our world. And he grieves that that evil must be destroyed, and he grieves deeply that that evil impacts human hearts such that it overcomes and overwhelms us. John Chrysostom, an early uh, church father, uh, said this about anger, he who is angry without righteous cause sins. But he also said this, he who is not angry when there is a righteous cause also sins. We should be angry at evil. The whole point of anger is to destroy and our hope is that evil will one day be destroyed. And now as we see evil, we want to see it destroyed. When we see horrible things happening in the world around us, people mistreating others, we want to make sure that stops. And it makes sense for us then to be angry. But as we'll see, we need to be careful with our anger. It is right to be angry, but we have to be very careful with how we are angry. Tim Keller said we should not blow up in anger, so don't blow, don't have no anger, but have slow anger, careful anger. And that parallels the message that we find here in the book of Proverbs. As I said, anger seeks to exalt good by eliminating the bad. Anger seeks to exalt righteousness by eliminating evil. Its nature and purpose is destruction. So, 
If you think your anger is righteous, ask yourself, what do I want to destroy? And if there is collateral damage, like the heart and soul of another person, question that anger. In fact, do not move forward with it. Be careful that the anger, like God's anger, only destroys what is truly evil. And we find in the verse that I have read so many times in the last days, and you'll probably hear a few more times in the coming days, uh, James 1, 19 and 20, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And listen to this, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Remember, anger's goal is to produce righteousness by eliminating evil, but human anger is so impacted by our own selfishness that we cannot trust it to accomplish God's purposes. Human anger seeks to destroy and does have the power to do so. You remember that lie we were taught as kids, right? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. So untrue, because words can do horrible damage. Some people say, well, you know, I do have a temper, but I just explode and then it's all over. I would say, so does a shotgun. But a shotgun causes damage, and your anger causes damage. And the scars sometimes, most often, never go away. There was a time that the psychological community told us that it's good to just express your anger, let it out. But that opinion has changed. An article in Psychology Today quoted a woman who wrote into a newspaper uh, columnist who had, uh, advice columnist who had uh, encouraged a, um, well, I'll just read it. This person wrote, you told the mother of a three-year-old with anger problems to let him kick the furniture when he was angry to let it out of his system. Let me tell you something, my brother kicked the furniture when he was young, and now at age 32, he still kicks the furniture, what's left of it. He kicks his wife, he kicks his children, and last week he kicked a television set out a second story window when that window was closed. It is not wise in the psychological community, and certainly scripture does not encourage us to just let out our anger. Our anger must be carefully monitored. So what do we do with anger, our strategies with anger? First, check it for righteousness. Make sure that your anger is righteous and not selfish. Ask yourself, what will it destroy? Will it destroy a person in the process? will destroy someone's sense of value, then don't pursue it. What is your mindset in anger? Is your anger mixed with grief like godly anger is? If it is not, if you do not grieve the loss of the, the effects of evil on the person, your anger is not godly. Next, are you rushing? Over and over, the Bible says that God is slow to anger and abounding in love. We should be too. The verses that were read, we find patience. The patient have great understanding. 
but the quick-tempered display folly. The hot-tempered stir up dissension, but those who are patient can calm a quarrel. A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. And without wood, a fire goes out. Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. As charcoal to embers and wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome person for kindling strife. In other words, be careful with how you deal with anger. Don't fan the flames. Don't act impulsively. You know, uh, I think it was Thomas Jefferson, at least he's credited with the idea of counting to 10 when you're angry in order to avoid doing something that's uh, too impulsive or too destructive. But scientists have since found that the fight or flight impulse that anger causes lasts 20 minutes. So my advice would be to count to 1,200 and make sure you include all the Mississippis. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, the whole way to 1,200 in order to avoid acting on impulsive anger. For impulsive anger, according to Scripture and according to our own experience, is very destructive. When your anger, your righteous indignation at evil is truly godly. It will include godly grief and it will include the way, the ways that God deals with anger, the ways that God demonstrates his wrath. Scripture says God is patient. It is his kindness that leads us to repentance. It's his ongoing patience with our own sinfulness that leads us to come to love him. God continues to be patient. One day, everything will be made right, and that will mean destruction. But what did God do between the day when evil entered this world and the day when he will judge this world? God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. That's John 3.16. As you probably know, John 3.17 says, Jesus did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. But all who have not trusted in him are condemned already. Because evil has impacted us, we are all separated from God. But what Jesus did, like a parent with an angry teenager who says, I hate you, you've never done anything good for me. The parent knows that's not true. The parent has a choice. The parent can say, forget about you, I'm done. The parent can say, you're a jerk, you're lousy, you have no gratitude and can give the anger right back. But a godly parent, a person reflecting the way God deals with us will come alongside that child, continue to love that child, continue to demonstrate their love for that child while they hope and seek to excise, to get rid of the evil in that young person that is causing them this hatred, this animosity. Jesus Christ came into this sinful world and took on the hatred, the anger of humanity, the unrighteous anger of humanity.
Uh, this one verse I particularly like, uh, 19.3, a person's own folly leads to their ruin, yet their heart rages against the Lord. I've seen it so often in myself and in other people. I do stupid things and then I get mad at God for them, just like a petulant teenager. We get angry with God and God absorbs our anger. God comes alongside of us and in Jesus Christ, God takes on all that sinfulness, all that anger, and demonstrating his love enters into humanity and redeems us. If you are angry, truly angry at sinfulness, you will desire to do what it takes to help other people to overcome the evil, to excise the evil, but to know that they are loved. This is the way God's anger is demonstrated in Scripture. We are called, and I remind you to pray. Now, I have prayed when I've been angry before. Have you done this? Lord, help me. I'm really angry. Make sure I don't do anything stupid. Thank you very much. And then you just immediately go and do something stupid because you uh, are not... You haven't really processed your anger. You haven't really asked for God's uh, wisdom. You've just asked for, in a sense, God's blessing to do whatever you want. We have to be truly listening and patient like God is patient when dealing with our anger. Now, if you have an anger problem and you want more help, I recommend a resource in Right Now Media um, that is by Chip Ingram, and it's called Overcoming Emotions That Destroy. And you can find that right there on Right Now Media in the um, section, uh, Ridley Park Presbyterian Church, uh, and that's, it's in that library. And if you want more help uh, with dealing with your anger, I encourage you to use that resource. Uh, and as I close the sermon today, I just remind you, be careful with anger. It is powerful. What the scripture says is that those who are quick-tempered, those who constantly express their anger, express folly. They demonstrate folly. And I looked up folly. What does it mean? It means weak-minded. It means foolish. And as uh, some translations say, it means stupid. Do you want to continue to demonstrate your weak-mindedness, your foolishness, your stupidity? Or do you want to get help? to deal with anger in a way that glorifies God, that helps to eradicate evil and lift up righteousness. My hope and prayer is that you will heed the wisdom of the Proverbs, heed the wisdom of Scripture, and in your anger, do not sin.